0: Good to see each and every one of you this morning. This is my first time to be back for a while, preaching on a Sunday morning. I went through a very extensive uh, surgery. It was very sensitive, but the Lord brought me through. Even though the devil told me 50 times, you're going to die. You're not coming through this surgery. But here I am. And once again, the devil is a liar. If if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Kings, the 6th chapter. 2 Kings, the 6th chapter. And the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too small for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, And let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And Elisha answered, go ye. And one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And Elisha said, I will go with you. So we went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood But as one was felling and cutting a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where did you lose it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Some of the most beautiful and wonderful stories in the Bible are recorded in the life of the prophet Elisha. And possibly one our text is one of those most beautiful stories. Thank God for it. Here's a bunch of prophets. They're flourishing under the care of the prophet Elisha. He lived at the very school with the students, and the students hung on to his coattail no no matter where he went. And I want to say that one of the best educations, religious educations that we can get, is latching on to the coattail of a good old-fashioned prophet. You'll learn more in the Spirit than you will in the cemeteries today, cemeteries today that are trying to teach the Word of God and don't even know half of what they're teaching and don't even understand of half of what the Bible is saying. But when you can get under the influence of the presence of God, hold on to the coattail of a man of God as I did, this is how I broke in, I came to Ohio 52 years ago. I've only had one pastor in my life. Uh, And I'm not bragging, but I'm saying I met thousands of pastors and nobody educated me like Brother Emerson Wilson. Nobody showed me more truth than this man of God that was anointed. I'm not saying it's wrong to be educated. I'm not saying it's right to be ignorant. I'm just saying that when you get your learning about the Bible, you better get around an atmosphere where the Spirit of God is alive. alive. And where the Spirit is, there is liberty. Amen? Anyway, the first lesson that jumps out uh, at us as the Lord's work, the first lesson that jumps out at us is that The Lord's work requires divine care. God cares about everything that you do. He cares about your little things. He cares about your big things. God cares from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. Anything that concerns you, anything that hurts you, anything that troubles you, anything that's bothering you, God cares and He wants to know about it because He loves us and He wants us to make it. Thank God for that. In the first few verses, we see a picture of what the church and its servants ought to be like. Verse 1 says, They were a company of the prophet and Elisha. The first qualification for all Christian service is a relationship with the master. When the place became too small, and they needed a larger place, all the prophets said, all right, we got to go somewhere and find another place and build. And before we go, one stood up and asked the prophet Elisha, do you want to go with us? You see, God wants to be wanted. God wants to know that you want Him in your life, in your heart, in your marriage, in your home, in your church. Or He'll make like He's going to go by with the two that were on the road to Emmaus. Jesus would have kept going. This is a resurrected Christ. But they said, hey, stay the night. Stay the night. God loves to be wanted. And my question to you is, How much do you want God in your life? How much truth do you really want to know about yourself and you want to know about the Word of God? You see, God doesn't beg anybody. He wants you to want Him. And did not He prove His love for you? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us? And God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that you could have eternal life with Him. Notice verse 3. They were dependent upon the Master and unprepared for the task of winning souls without Him. And notice what Jesus says in John 15. He says, abide in Me. Let my word abide in you, and ye shall bring forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. We've got to come to the place where we need Jesus more than anything this world has to offer. Without me ye can do nothing. Then in verse 2, our text says, And let every man take a beam. Notice that. Let every man take a beam and build for God. What's the text telling us? They started out on fire for God, and they were united with one another, and united with God. Amen. But here is the danger we must all avoid, and the thing we must avoid more than anything is that one worker lost his axe head. He lost the cutting edge, he lost the thrill of serving God. But note, he did not lose the whole of the axe. All he lost was the axe head, but he didn't lose the handle. And it might have looked like he was still equipped to labor, but all he was swinging was the handle, a profession without power. Who is God speaking to this morning, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof? Our Lord warns us in Zechariah 4, Not by might, nor by human power, but by my spirit, say the Lord. Losing the axe head was a gradual process, as all backsliding is. He lost his power, perhaps because he was widely swinging his axe, with more force than judgment and discernment, more pride than compassion... And more anger than love. Sometimes we go about the Lord's business and we're so busy. But sometimes our attitudes, our love, our compassion. For those that we work with and those that are different than us. And those that are not saved. Sometimes our attitudes need to catch up to our love and compassion that Jesus had for sinners. And a lot of people today are just swinging axe handles. But they're not having an effect. They're not making a difference. They're not getting the job done. He lost his power, perhaps because he was wildly swinging his axe with more force than judgment, with more force than discernment. Maybe he had more pride than compassion, I'm repeating, and more anger than love. Have you lost the axe head? You used to know God's power and peace. You remember when God's Spirit rested upon you. You loved being blessed by God. Being anointed by God. There's no greater feeling in the world than have the hand of God on you an anointing on you from God and you can feel that presence and power that's making a difference in your life. Have you lost the axe head? But where... Is it all today? I'm here to tell you this morning that God's got good news for everyone in every church or anywhere else that has lost the cutting edge, lost the thrill of being a child of God, has lost the enthusiasm, has lost the joy But God has good news in his word over and over again. What is the good news? He wants to restore you. He wants to reinstate you. He wants to re-equip you. He wants to re-enlist you. What must we do then today? Look at verses 5 and 7. Tells us if God can make a piece of iron swim, then surely he can resurrect the spiritually dead to newness of life. No one has gone too far for God to raise him up. You're not too far from God. The devil wants you to think that you're too far for God. But remember what Jesus told his disciples, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. The devil wants you to feel like your life is worthless, you're not making a difference, you're not effective anymore. But if you can tarry in prayer before God, God will endue you with power from on high. When you start thinking right, when you get your mind right, and you realize that your only source of strength, your only source of being able to make a difference, and the only way you can survive in this world is you've got to have Jesus. And if you've got Jesus, you've got everything. What's that song Faith sang Wednesday night? Learning to lean. If we don't learn how to lean on Jesus, we're never going to survive what's going on in our culture today. No one has gone too far that God can't find you. What the text is pointing out to us is that our spiritual effectiveness In this world, in this culture, even in our churches, even in our schools, even in our courts, even in every corporate facility today, there's danger lurking to rob you and rob me of our effectiveness with God. The man swinging so widely his axe did not lose the whole of the axe. He was holding on to the handle for dear life. I'm going to say something here. Just like a lot of people hang on to their professions and their memberships and their labels, but do not know that their spiritual effectiveness is gone. How many people in religion today, they don't have the power They don't have the influence. They don't have the presence of God. But they're hanging on to the label. They're hanging uh, on on to, to a name. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm this. I'm that. But none of that is ever going to build the kingdom of God. Listen to what John the Baptist said to the religious bureaucracy in Jesus' day. In Matthew 10.7, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came up and they wanted to be baptized by John the Baptist. How would you like to have John the Baptist for your pastor today? Listen to what he said to the cream of the religious crop of his day. O oh, generation of vipers, that's all any preachers would have to say today, and half his audience will leave. John said, O oh, generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. In other words, bring forth evidence, bring forth fruit that your repentance has been validated. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, righteousness, faith, humility. Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what Bible repentance brings. And right along with that, listen to what the grace of God brings. Teaching us the grace of God. There's a lot of talk about the grace of God. And the grace of God that teaches us salvation Has appeared unto all men, teaching us, what's the grace of God teach us? To deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's what the grace of God teaches you. It doesn't ignore sin, it doesn't wink at sin, it doesn't overlook sin. The grace of God, if you got it, it teaches you one thing. Get your mind right, start living right, and stay away from anything that does not look like Jesus. Oh, John. I can't wait to meet him. Listen to John again. He's not done with him yet. He says in Matthew 4 and 9, And he knew what they were thinking. He said, and think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham as our leader. And what do people talk about? You hear them curse God. They blaspheme. They use GD, JC every day. They're carnal. They cheat. They lie. But you go ahead and tell them You're not saved. The first thing they'll throw back at you is the axe handle. They're holding on to the handle, but they lost the power. And they'll tell you, listen here, I'll tell you, I'm a Baptist. I go to the church of God. I'm a church of Christ. I'm a Roman Catholic. I'm this, I'm that. Most of religion in this country is just swinging the handle, but they don't have the power To live holy. And the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. The Bible says, be ye holy. God says, be you holy, for I am holy. There's so much going on in our world, not only in the secular world, but in the spiritual world that is not true. But this group didn't get by John the Baptist because everybody was holding on to their label. They were holding on to their handle. And oh, they were swinging their handles wildly. I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm with the Wesley's. I'm with the popes, I'm with the priests, I'm with the pastors. And and the cults are saying, I'm with Swani Prabhupala, and I'm with Ba'aula, and all of it is Ba'aloni. There ain't no man, no leader in religion, no pastor, no pope, no priest, no cardinal, no nobody. That's the head of the church except Jesus Christ. And you can hold on to your axe handles. You can hang on to your labels. You can hang on to your professions. But if you don't have the power and presence of God. You're just fooling yourself. And then. John's still talking. And after he upbraided the religious bureaucracy of his day. The Bible says, Then cometh Jesus unto John the Baptist to be baptized. And what do you think John said when he saw Jesus? He put an end to all man-made religion. And he saw Jesus coming. He cried out to everybody, Behold! Behold! The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not your religion, not your label, not your axe handle, not your denomination. Only Jesus Christ can save your soul and nobody else. At a time when so many need to hear the everlasting gospel... The axe heads of too many pulpits in America are falling into the world's waters of sin and compromise. The axe head is the gospel accompanied by the Holy Ghost being laid to the root of the trees, the heart of men, and to preach a gospel and leave the holiness message out of it is to lose the spiritual effectiveness of the word of God. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. The devil, the devil doesn't care, saints, if we deepen our knowledge of our beliefs and doctrines. All he wants to do in our lives is to rob us of our spiritual intimacy and effectiveness with God. You can preach until you're blue in the face. You can try to straighten people out with all your standards, all your doctrines, all this, all that. But if you don't have that intimate relationship with God, you're just swinging an axe handle. And it's going to take more than a label. It's going to take more than a denomination. It's going to take more than having 30 years of seniority or having been a Sunday school teacher for 40 years or a pastor for 50 years. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can clean us up. So leave all the labels, all the denominations, all this, all this paraphernalia. Leave it alone and focus on the only one that can save your soul. The Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. The church of God is the most important and best established business on earth. And the only business that will be left standing after the world is destroyed. I want to clarify. When we say the church of God, it doesn't exclude people that are saved. No matter where they are or what denomination they're in, only God can see the heart And I'm not excluding that there are not saved people in all these denominations. There are. But the Bible takes the church of God. We take the church of God because it's the only name mentioned in the book 14 times. Wrote the letter to the church of God at Corinth. What have you not houses in or despise the church of God? Paul said, I persecuted and wasted the church of God. Over and over and over again. The church of God. Why? It's the ecclesia of God. It's the called out of the world, called out of sin by God. The name holds the secret to why we are called the church of God. And you can be sitting right in a Church of God pew and only have an axe handle in your hand and no power with God. So I wanted to clarify that. Because we have the right name doesn't mean that everybody sitting in our pews is right with God. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. The man swinging the axe, he lost his power while working. It is possible, and in too many cases, it is possible to carry it away, to be carried away with the desire for doing, doing, doing. We become forgetful of the spirit in which our service for God should be done. Saints, America has become a very, very dangerous place to live today. We're at the point where we're almost no longer free. Our corporate military institutions, our courts, our academia world, tech giants, our intelligence agencies, have united with billionaires to form a new world order. While we're sleeping, there's money, dark black money all over the world that's coming up with a plan to bring a new set, a new order. And we see it being manifested every day. And too many don't really see it. And every day we see new patterns of manipulations through all the medias. What are you talking about? Have you ever seen so many homosexuals being advertised on the commercials of TV? Have you seen in the the soaps uh, what goes on? Men are kissing men and ladies are kissing ladies. You see what's going on? Children that are eight, nine years old are undergoing sex changes because they watch TikTok, they watch the internet, they watch Twitter, and all of a sudden they don't know their gender? You think all that is just a, a, a coincidence? The devil is working through anything and everything except the one thing he wants more than anything is the church of the living God. Why do you think Hitler got rid of the Bibles? That was one of the greatest obstacles. Germany was filled with Lutherans. America's become a dangerous place to live. And every day we see new patterns of manipulation through all the media is invading our freedom of speech, our freedom of religion, our freedoms of press, and are all working together to make us a country and a world without God, without Bibles, without prayer, without churches, and soon without the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That element out there, here's a sermon like this in here. They'll point a big finger at this church and say it's nothing but hate speech when the truth is, it's the everlasting gospel. It's the gospel that's going to outrun, outlive, and outstand everything else in the world. And when the dust clears and Jesus comes back, And we're all caught up together in the air. Those that are in the graves, they'll come out first. We, which are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. The Lord is not going to build a kingdom here on this earth. This earth's going to be burned up, everything's going to be destroyed. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. What did John the Baptist say? The first thing he came preaching. Repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Then Jesus, when he came out of the wilderness, what's the first thing he said after he was anointed? Repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, and you get it right now in this world when Jesus gets into your heart. If you're waiting for a millennium, if you're waiting for somebody to build a kingdom, you're waiting for a ship that's not coming in, and you miss the boat, and you miss the mark. I don't want to offend anybody, I don't want to hurt anybody. And I would never deliberately do that. I know. That's right. First thing God's going to ask me when I get there, did you tell him the truth? I want to be able to say, to the best of my knowledge, Lord, You see, we're being conditioned in this country to accept a lot of trash that's being manipulating our kids, our mothers, our fathers. Have you seen what's going on in the medias? Have you seen what they're displaying? All the affairs... All the, all the same-sex marriages, all this, all that, all the ungodliness, they want you to buy the bag and believe that because everybody's doing it, all that stuff's right. I'm here to tell you it's not right at all. And the authority that I'm standing on is the Word of God. You can stand on whatever you want to stand. But I want to stand on the word of God. There's so much going on in this country. If we knew, we'd run home, lock our doors, never even come out of the house anymore. That's how bad it is. And the point I want to make is when will God's people stop and learn to examine themselves when they see their work is fruitless. Isaiah 11's coming to my mind. i got to go back and clean that up. I lost some of you when I said there was no millennium. You read in Isaiah, the 11th chapter, you get your Christmas cards. Peace on earth. Goodwill to men. And they got a lion laying down with the lamb. And that day's coming. Isaiah says, Ezekiel says, that day's coming when Jesus is gonna come back. His feet are gonna be on Mother Earth again. And there's gonna be a thousand years of peace. And the lion's gonna lay down with the lamb. And the cow's gonna lay down with the bear. And a child's going to put his hand over the den of the poisonous snake. And, and the snake's not going to bite him. And the next verse says, And they shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain. What's the holy mountain? Ye are come unto Mount Zion. The Church of the Living God, the heavenly Jerusalem that came down from God out of heaven. You understand? The only way the lion's gonna lay down with the lamb when the lamb's in the lion's stomach. But if that lion gets saved, if that old man we call the bear gets saved, If my husband, the grouch, gets saved, then you're going to see these animal like natures being subdued by the power and the love of the Holy Spirit of God. Get the picture. It has nothing to do. You're not going to. And then they say they're going to come back and offer sacrifices. The Lamb of God already died for the sacrifices of the whole world. Now you're going to go back to offering animals? Get your mind right. And I didn't learn that in a college. I learned that sitting at the feet of a preacher. who happened to have the Holy Ghost in him. Amen? What a teacher. What a teacher. Let me close this message. I'm going to jump ahead. One day a lady asked, Billy, Sunday... Why do you keep having revivals and prayer meetings and special services and camp meetings? Why is it so necessary to keep pushing on the church to stay clean? Billy asked her, Why do you keep taking showers? Did you get it? And in this culture? you can get dirty in a hurry. In this culture, you can lose the power and presence of God. Pornography is all over the world, saturated. And it's not only out there, it's in 40 and 50% of those that are sitting in the pews in our churches all over America. All messed up. I'll close with this. Elisha, the master, he asked the question to the young prophet, where did you lose the axe head? Where did you lose your influence? Where did you fail? And I want to ask you this morning, this, 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 this is common today. The saints are struggling. They're so afraid. There's so much fear been turned loose in America. Mothers, grandparents are so frightened for their children. They can't even put their focus on God anymore. They're so afraid something's going to happen. And something is going to happen. Where did you fail? Where did you fail the Lord and lose that conscious realization of His Holy Spirit in your life? I'm talking to you now. Was it when you gave up your private devotions? Was it when you gave up your quality time of prayer? Or when your attendance at the house of God became sloppy? Or when you let unwholesome people into your life? Or committed that secret sin or entered into that dishonest transaction? Where did you lose it? Or did you lose it surfing the internet? Or watching too much TV? Or hanging out with the TikTok unbelievers? And letting them suck the life right out of you? What kind of a leadership do we have in America when over 350,000 acres are owned by the communist Chinese and they're right next to our airfields? You've got to be crazy to let your children listen to TikTok or Twitter. Well, maybe Twitter's coming up a little bit with, what's his face? Where did you lose it? Maybe you need to find that stick. I love this. Maybe we need to find that stick that Elisha threw into the water that speaks of a cross that your Lord and Savior died died on over 2,000 years ago to save the world. May God give us the grace today to put out. What happened? The prophet said to the young, Where did you lose it? He said, he said, I lost it right there. The prophet cut a stick and he threw the stick right where he lost it. That's just not any ordered stick, that's a piece of wood that speaks of the cross of our lead lord jesus christ that's what that sticks all about and the stick came down right to where we were amen, amen. may god give you the grace today and what happened when the prophet threw the stick into the water the bible said that piece of iron it didn't float that piece of iron started swimming right to the top of the water that's what god does with your life and my life we're buried in sin lost in trespasses in sin but let the power of the cross hit where you went down and you'll start swimming up. Praise God. And you'll start living above this old world. And you'll start living with victory over sin, Satan, the world, the beast, his mark, his image, his name. Glory be to God. I'm glad I'm back preaching, but I can't even hardly breathe. Because you're sucking the wind right out of me. (laughs) So here's the question. Elisha, look what he said. And the man of God said, where did it fall? Verse 6. And the prophet said, it, it fell right over there. And he cut down a stick and he cast in thither and the iron did swim. It didn't just float, it swam up to the top. What made it swim? It swam against nature. The power of God caused that iron to swim. And when Jesus Christ comes into your heart, you can live contrary to nature. And you no longer have to sin. You no longer have to follow the world. You no longer have to be a rad, rag, tad, dragged down, doll by the devil. Amen. You can live contrary to the way everybody's living. For the kingdom God is not meat and drink, but peace, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. When people look at us, they think we're crazy. They think we're we're unnatural. Well, we are. When Jesus Christ gets into your heart, the fountain of sin is shut off. What did Jesus say when he healed the sick, healed this one, healed that one that was lost? What did he say to them? He said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Oh, there's power, wonder-working power. Where did you lose your hunger for God? Where did you become lukewarm? Were you too busy with personal matters, careers, kids, activities that drained the energy out of your soul? Did you lose it in prayerless nights? Don't miss verse 6. Verse 6, that six word phrase, when the man of God asked, Where did you lose it? And the young man answered, And these words are golden. And he showed him the place. Six words. That's what God's asking you. Where did you lose it? Do you have the grace of God this morning to show the prophet where? you lost it. Some stuff you thought you may have lost forever. Broken relationships, a ministry, a lost child, a tender heart, forgiveness, success, contentment. But God will walk you back into the kingdom of God where you will find it all again. Righteousness, peace, and joy. In the Holy Ghost. Justin you can come. The thief came to steal. And to kill. And to destroy. But faith believed the man of God. And verse 7 says. The prophet said to him. Reach for it. And take it up to thee. And the young prophet put out his hand. And he took it up again. He took the power and the presence and the strength of God up again. Somebody needs to hear this today. It's within reach. The power of God is within your reach. The gospel is near to you. It's nigh to you. Thus the power of God is right there. The kingdom of God is at hand. All you got to do is take a hold of it. It's time to take it all back from the devil, church. Your joy, your peace, your ministry, your soul, your anointing, your calling. It makes no difference how many times you failed, how many negative labels the world slaps on you, how many times they call you a loser, a druggie, a drunkard, an adulterer, a fornicator, an abuser... You can walk out of here this morning. You can have your life back. Stop letting this world and all that's in it suck the very life of God out of your soul. You can walk out of here a winner. God can restore you. Your worship can become a celebration instead of agony or instead of a ceremony. Your prayers can become alive instead of dull and lifeless. The, exa- the, the exhaustion that comes from trying to work for God without the axe head, it leaves people burned out and bitter. The hardest job we've got to do is try to carry on church without God. And that's what we see all over America. Little sermonette for Christian to who smoke cigarettes. We need more than that. When doing doing all you can. When doing all you can isn't enough. But read my lips. God is. If you're looking for a great life. God is if you're looking to be able to have that natural, unnatural power, get a hold of your life, and you can swim up above this whole world, God is your answer. Am I speaking to anyone this morning that's lost the cutting edge? Anybody that would have the courage and the guts to say in front of this audience, yes, I need help. And I'm not ashamed to come down to an altar when Jesus Christ came down from heaven, came down from the glorious presence, the kind of glory of God. And God so loved the world, He gave His Son to the wolves. God came much further down than we are coming down. My God! Don't turn your back on this so great a salvation. I tried to hurry. I appreciate the testimonies. I appreciate all that's going on. But give me a little time to preach. Why? Because it's not the singing, it's not the talking, it's the gospel. That's the power. The power of God unto salvation. And if there's some folks here, and I know that there is, and you know who you are, and if you've lost the cutting edge, you don't need to be ashamed. You ought to thank God. You ought to thank God that He's here waiting and wanting to resurrect you. He wants to perform the unnatural on you. He wants you to get above this whole world, above sin, above your flesh, above your enemies. And He wants you to live in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Would you like to stand? I know I rush this message, but I leave it with the Lord. If anybody needs to pray, you come on we'll have we'll have prayer with everybody